Today's episode is brought to you by Stage Door Manor, where they are now accepting applications for their summer theater programs. You can check them out at stagedoormanor.com and by contemporarymusicaltheater.com. Are you tired of hearing other people sing your favorite audition song? Find something new to sing at contemporarymusicaltheater.com, and that's theater with an R-E. Theater People podcast listeners can use the code TPPL for 10% off an annual subscription. So don't sing just any song. Find something new. Welcome to the Theater People podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Hines. So you found the place where the grass is greener. And you jump the fence to the other side. Is it good? Are they giving you a world I could never provide? All right, you guys, today is the day that we get to bring you our interview with the one and only Rachel Bay Jones. You all helped us book her when you all responded to my call via Twitter to let her know just how much we wanted to chat with her. So thank you for that, you guys. She is amazing and hilarious. She made her Broadway debut in 1989 in Meet Me in St. Louis. She was in the recent Broadway revival of Hair. She has the most hilarious story of understudying Patti Lapone in Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and we get her to share that with us here in this episode. You probably also remember her as Catherine in the two 2013 revival of Pippin. And if you're anything like me, you've been crying your eyes out listening to her and the rest of the cast on the recently released cast album of Dear Evan Hansen, in which she stars as Heidi Hansen, Evan's mom. Just a heads up that this episode has a very, very, very tiny spoiler about Dear Evan Hansen, but not really. We did this interview in her dressing room right before a show, and it was just delightful to meet her. Here's our conversation. Um, hi, Rachel Bay Jones. Hi. Welcome to hi. the Theater People Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for responding to all of our like Twitter follower demands that you be on our show. That was the <laughs> funnest invite. They love you so much. We, I saw the first time I saw Dear Evan Hansen was at Second Stage, and I was like tweeting about how much I loved you, and all of our listeners were like, "Rachel Bay Jones has to be on your podcast." So we're making dreams come true right now. <laughs> <laughs> how okay? How did this show originally come to you? Um, I had worked with Benj and Justin, Benj Pasek and Justin Paul. I'd worked with them on the pre-Broadway national tour of A Christmas Story, their show. I love and that show. And we've been trying to work together ever since. So when this came up, I think, I'm sure it was them, just said, hey, come do this first table read. And uh, present there was Ben Platt and wow. Michael Park and Jennifer Laura Thompson and some other folks and me. And so it was it was right from the beginning that we all fell in love with this project. It's funny, too, because, like, following you guys all on social media, like, you guys all love each other so much. It's so, like, yeah. wonderful and inspiring. And I was wondering how, like, being with a show, as long as you guys have all been, and loving each other all so much, like, this show is so emotionally charged. It's like, as an audience member, you come and you sit in the theater, you're like, I'm going to cry. I don't know why. The show hasn't even started yet. What does that bring for this experience that maybe is different from other experiences? I think because the show is so emotional, um, there's there's an inherent there's a, there's such a there's a deep well underneath everything that we're doing. I think that's there's a presence. The presence of that is 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 very apparent when you first start watching the show. I think a lot of people have that experience, and I think for us uh, as a company, it requires such an 
such bare vulnerability that luckily we're all sensitive enough to understand that in each other, to have the the need for safety in ourselves, and also the need for levity. So all of these people that are able to completely expose themselves emotionally are also some of the funniest people (laughs) that you'd ever want to meet. And that, I think, has saved our lives. And I'm hoping that that we'll continue (laughs) to save our lives. But Every second off stage, there's levity, there's there's jokes, there's you know always buoyancy. Somebody is always being buoyed up by someone else if we need it, and and it's really a beautiful beautiful safety net. I was talking to some of the cast members from Next to Normal about their experience and how in hindsight, so you're like in it now, but in and in hindsight for them, they were saying that like. It was sort of dark. Like, you know, that show deals with so much grief, and I feel like your show deals with a lot of grief, too, that I was going to ask about the backstage life, about, like, are you guys, like, do you guys ever, like, go out and get a beer after the show? Or, like, is it very much, like, a somber experience? Not at all somber. And I think, too, like, compared to Next to Normal, I think we do, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lift at the end of Dear Evan Hansen that, that provides like a, a way out and back into the world for all of us, um, actors and audience alike. You know, it sort of, it puts you, it puts you in back to reality in a way that allows you to go on. Not only Evan on stage <laughs> can go on, but we can all go on, you know. Um, there's a catharsis, something we come through the other end. Next to Normal has a little bit of a, it's a darker, you know, experience, I think, overall. Um this um so i think yeah because of that i think and also because there's been a, there's sort of an implicit determination on all of our parts to to not go dark off stage because we know that that would be just too much yeah. you know um one of the things that's so like great i understand about like getting to work with the show from the very beginning is that the material gets to be tailored to your strengths and like what you provide. Can you talk a little bit about working with the creative team about your character and like how, how it has been tailored to you? You know, every, um, every new show there's an, or in every new production of anything, there's always a collaborative energy, at least that, you know, that I really want to be there. And this one has been, has surpassed all the others, um, in that regard. And, um, Steven Levinson is, I've never seen anybody come out with more brilliant material and throw it away and come out with something more brilliant. I mean, it's it's so rapid, his ability (laughs) to just churn out gorgeousness and (laughs) hilarity. And he really, there's, there's, you can see and you can feel over time that there's like, as the writers have learned more about us or, you know, those of us who we've worked with them before, like that these, these characters have evolved into, um, it's not that they're the, the, the Heidi, the character that I play is Rachel on stage. It's totally not, but so many of my mannerisms, so many of the flaws that I try to explore in myself that I bring to the writers that, you know, my characteristics, are woven throughout this person that I'm playing on stage and there's been a converse there's been a lot of conversation about those things we've been included in the development of our roles and and in our opinions about what these roles mean for the overall significance of the play and so yeah I think it's been an incredibly collaborative experience this one (laughs) above all especially too because there is no source material this Uh is a completely original story and these characters are completely original so we've been given a 
a really loud voice in that. Can I ask you a question about the plot? Yeah. So something that I really think about, I've thought about this a lot since since seeing the show the second time, is the fact that, and I think maybe I was so emotional the first time that I did, maybe I missed it, but the um, the family, the other family, I'm going to forget their names the now. Murphys. The Murphys. Mm-hmm. They don't tell. No. I'm going to cry just thinking about that. Yeah. That, like, they don't tell. Mm-hmm. Was it? I Sorry, I didn't think I was going to get so emotional about yeah. that. Was that always like that? It was almost always like that. There have been certain plot points that have been... Um, that have flip-flopped and been massaged and you know and that was one of them that was one of the things that for uh, for most of the incarnations of the show they don't tell and then there were a few days or weeks maybe where there was an allusion to the fact that maybe they did and I think obviously obviously that the creative team and everybody decided that this was more beautiful and and redemptive somehow and that, that just too that that Evan is, uh, I think forgiveness is a big element yeah. of this show, and I think um, this is just one more aspect in which we are able to forgive Evan and forgive ourselves. That's the first time I've ever really gotten that choked up in an interview question before. That's never happened. <laughs> you called it on. I, <laughs> I, that's true. I was reading the reviews today. I was literally sitting on my computer rereading the reviews. I'm like, oh my god, I'm sobbing. This show is so emotional. It leads me to my. One of my last questions just about the show is your song at the end, So Big, So Small. And the house felt so big And I felt so small The house felt so big And I, and I So you, we were talking earlier, like you're a mom. Yeah. How on earth do you get through that every night? It's it, you know, it feels like a community experience. Yeah, there there is so much universal truth in that damn song. <laughs> Um, that I think we all knew it. The first time we heard it, we just said, okay, wow, this is, this is everything, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's everything about being a mother. It's about everything about having a mother, you know? There's so many levels to explore inside of the deep truths of that song. Um, that I think, uh, you know, it gives us, it gives me always somewhere to go, um, and something new to explore and think about while I'm singing it. So it's not just the reality of what's happening on stage, but the larger truths behind the simplicity of it. Um, and, and also knowing that you can feel the energy from the audience. You can hear the sniffles. You can, you can feel it. And we've had so much feedback from people that I know that 
this is one of those rare and powerful moments that only theater gives us, which is that we're we're all sharing this story together and we're all sharing our experiences together. So I know that my experiences that that are called up when I'm singing this song as Heidi to Evan, that Rachel's life is present in that. And I also know that your life as an audience member is in that moment and, and all of the thousand people out there have their own <sighs> thing have their own um, feelings that are being evoked by this story mm-hmm. so it does feel like a collective shared experience in that moment it feels like a responsibility and it's a beautiful one to be gifted with what are you getting at the stage door are you getting a lot of people what are you getting at the stage door like are you getting a lot of people like like wanting to share their experiences with you Some, yeah. I've learned like in interviewing a, a lot of you great actors I, that never occurred to me like that in that in that case, your job doesn't end when the show is over. Like you've got the stage door to get through. Right. How is that? I love it. I think you know I've been sort of analyzing myself a little bit about it too, and I know that you know it is another, um, it is another, uh, another ten or fifteen minutes of staying open and giving and receiving. Mm-hmm. It really is, and sometimes that's too much. You know, um, sometimes it. I know that a lot of actors and a lot of times me too, it's just, it's like, oh gosh, that's a lot because of what we've just gone through on stage because we know we have to save something of ourselves for the next performance for the, you know, it's a really tough schedule. But I will say that especially with a show like this and sharing what we do with the audience that I completely understand the need to connect. And I feel it too on a certain way, in a certain way. Like it always makes me feel better. Like it always gives me that little bit of uplift to actually shake the hand of a person or look a person in the eye and have them say to me, thank you, this this really affected me, or thank you for sharing yourself with me. And I can say thank you to them for telling me that they had an experience like that or that they, I mean, I get a lot of people that say I've, you know, I can understand my mother a little bit more mm-hmm. after seeing this. And to me, that's, there's no greater gift. Mm-hmm. Like, that's better than any applause. If I hear something like that, I feel like, oh, my God, what, how lucky am I to have this job? Last question about your own Hansen. How is it to be living in the in the hurricane of being in the hottest show on Broadway. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta just try to breathe, you know? It's a lot for me, too, especially because I'm not really an attention seeker by nature, Mm -hmm. so it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a All right, you guys, now for a few words from our sponsors. Do you wake up humming Hamilton and singing Sondheim? Do you dream of a place where there are Shakespeare flash mobs, Happy Birthday is sung in harmony, and surprise Broadway guests fill your world? At Stage Door Manor, kids from every state and six continents spend their summer totally immersed in the magic of theater. I'm sure almost all of you know that Stage Door Manor was the inspiration for Todd Graff's movie Camp and Mickey Rapkin's book Theater Geek. But did you know that you've seen plenty of their alums on the stage, screen, and behind the scenes as well? Natalie Portman, Mandy Moore, Zach Braff, Robert Downey Jr., Sean Levy, and Janine Tesori. Oh my God, I love Janine Tesori. All spent their summers in the Catskill Mountains of New York. 
Stage Door Manor produces an unbelievable 42 full-scale shows in eight on-campus theaters, and there are more than 100 classes at beginning and advanced levels. Everything from playwriting to stage combat, if it's theater, they do it. Stage Door premieres include original stage versions of Rent, Avenue Q, Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party, Woman in White, and High School Musical. Stage Door welcomes kids aged 10 to 18, and there are no auditions for admissions. They accept all levels of experience and talent, and they find roles for students in shows where everyone can have his or her moment in the spotlight. Worth Magazine named Stage Door among the top 10 summer programs in the world, and it's been called the Hollywood High of Summer Camps by Playbill. No wonder sessions fill up quickly. Spots are almost gone for this summer, so hurry up and go online to stagedoormanor.com for more info. We're also so excited that ContemporaryMusicalTheater.com is sponsoring this episode. They are such a cool company. Here's the spot. Are casting agents saying thank you after your first 16 bars? Find the songs that will keep you in the room. Join ContemporaryMusicalTheater.com, the subscription website that connects voice teachers, students, and musical theater professionals with today's best contemporary writers and their songs. They represent over 180 composers and lyricists and over 550 songs, all searchable by voice and song type. You can listen, purchase, and download scores right on the website. Over 95% of the songs on the site are unpublished, and the website is curated by industry professionals, so you'll be looking at only the best material. Do you need a song in a different key or want to ask the writer a question? No problem. Writer contact information is included. Annual, monthly, and three-day subscriptions are available. Visit ContemporaryMusicalTheater.com, and that's theater with an R-E, and use the code TPPL for 10% off an annual subscription. And institutional memberships are available for colleges and universities. So visit them today and find a fresh new song you can't wait to sing. All right, now back to the show. Um, can we talk about Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown now? Yeah. Because it is, I'm such a nerd for that show. I love, I love it. it so it's much. Amazing. And I they saw it. They did it in London. I wish I could have gone. They did? It. Yeah, they did it. I guess, well, maybe just probably a year or two ago. Uh, no, I'm just obsessed with it. And every time we have somebody on the podcast who is involved in the show, I'm like, can we talk about it for an hour? <laughs> I was reading this like, crazy, wonderful story about you and Patty. And about, will you tell it? Well, briefly, I mean, you know, like so many of us who don't know her, terrified. I was terrified of Patty. And, and I, you know, I'd gotten it into my head that like, I needed to be as respectful as possible, and stay out of her way. She's such a force. And that was a very stressful rehearsal process and preview process. I mean, brand new show, crazy costumes. And she had, you know, so many wig changes part of what her character was was this woman who wears a lot of wigs and wears a lot of clothes fabulous clothes (laughs) kathy zuber amazing costume so but i knew that i was going to be performing three there were going to be three i think performances and she had concert dates so i knew i was going to have to go on i knew i had to stay out of her way but i knew i had to learn this really big part that was pretty intense and um So I kind of, because of my own insecurity and my own little trembly fear, I just, I really overdid the staying out of her way thing. Like, I was terrified. I got really good at, like, watching her from my peripheral vision, literally. Like, I would never look at her directly. I would just look off slightly to the left. Seriously. You back away. But she is to me. She is kind of like the Queen of England. Like, she's my version of the Queen of England. So it was, you know, it was a little nerdy of me to do that but I completely went there you know and I would 
tremble in the presence, you know. So it was, it was totally silly because she's amazing, but um, but she's a force. Yeah. She's a complete force, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be on the wrong end of that. <laughs> no. Who does? I don't want to have my cell phone on in the theater. <laughs> okay, so so there was one, you know, one of the days where I had to trail her backstage during. That's you terrifying. Know, I cannot imagine. Well, that. and it's at the Belasco Theater where there's absolutely no wing space, mm-hmm. so you're just, you know, and there's I think three or four treadmills that ran oh. um, left to right on those stages on that stage, and she had to get on a motorcycle, um, <laughs> rip off a wig and put on another wig, get back you know grab a gun put it in the purse you know go back on stage shoot the gun go you know it was nuts and um so I had to watch her and I could sort of I had buried myself like to the side of a pillar you know to blend in as much as I could to the back wall of the theater wearing all black you know one of those like ridiculous (laughs) totally if I could have had a balaclava or whatever they call that I would have done it um so and at one point like you know you just I just sort of felt like the eyes start to go in my general direction and I started to you know um and I looked away really fast and then I feel the presence walking toward me it was so stupid and I feel the hand on my arm and it's Patty and she looks I'm fully like having a panic attack inside my body you know sweating and she's 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 Rachel like come here she just grabbed me and she's like okay so when you go on this treadmill Big John's gonna lift you and put you on the treadmill don't try to do it by yourself you know you gotta, she just went right into she completely recognized oh, that I was totally. an idiot and was like she but she did the most lovely thing which was she she said you're just gonna live with me for the next three weeks and I just want you to come to my dressing room at a half hour and just hang out and we'll and follow me around the show and I did I hung wow. out with Patty Lapone for three weeks and <laughs> It was great. She was amazing. She's amazing, and she was could not have been more generous and kind to me. Can we talk about Diane Paulus? Yeah. Okay, so Pippin. Yeah. What an incredible show. Yeah. I was reading this thing that you said about working with Diane Paulus is that she... Let me get the quote right. She said, <laughs> um, Diane isn't afraid to let you go where you want to go. Yeah. And I was thinking... Oh my god, that means you like have to try stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Is that like, is that empowering or is it scary? It's both. I mean, it's you know, I've never been bungee jumping because that would that's a little much for me. Uh But it feels like the emotional equivalent of bungee jumping as an actor because you got to go. You don't know, like you know, you're safe realistically you're safe but you don't know what that's going to feel like you don't know if it's going to land if it's going to not land you know everybody could laugh and think it's wonderful cry and think it's wonderful or it could just be a big fat dud Mm -hmm. and you will have exposed yourself in front of the people you most admire so this is why i'm not an actor (laughs) (laughs) still i'll understand if i'm not your kind of woman
know, it does call upon something, you know, like we have to, we have to, like that's what we have to do as actors anyway. So it, 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 she insists that you show up and play the game, play, not the game, play, play, you know, and the most exciting part of any process for me are rehearsals because of that, because there's endless possibility and so the director like Diane she really fulfills that there is endless possibility she's gonna mix 90% of it (laughs) but you're gonna come out with the top 10 Mm -hmm. you know and that's what's great about her shows I found I mean the the most wonderful examples of that were Terrence Mann because Mm -hmm. he is totally nuts (laughs) and fantastic and endlessly inventive and fearless and so the things that he came up with for Charlemagne to do were each one more wild than the next and we would be peeing ourselves with laughter (laughs) and then they would get cut and I'd be like damn it that part where he was rolling around on the map was really funny and I'm never going to forget that day but it didn't make it into the show you know so the blooper reel, like, yeah. for the Pippin development would have been something to see. Did you guys know what a special, sh- what an amazing concept for that show? Did you, like, kn- did you know from day one that it was going to work and that you guys had this incredible show? Or was it, like, uh, let's see what happens? No, we knew from day one that this was going to be really exciting. And Diane's a really exciting director in that, like, her concepts are wild and out there. And, and it shifted a lot, you know, oh, it really? did. It, you know, I think, you know, it started out a little darker than it ended up, which was, which was great. And I think ultimately gave us, like, a really dark undercurrent underneath uh, that we wouldn't have had otherwise. Um, but yeah, it, because of her process, because of the anything goes process and because she's so adaptive and, um, and her lack of ego in that regard allows her to shift her thinking about certain things and allows, she allows herself to be influenced by the people that she's working with. It was always really exciting and we always kind of knew this is going to be, this is going to be great. You know, hopefully it will be palatable (laughs) and I'm sure, you know, but as any commercial venture, you know, yeah, it's always a little nervous. You always get a little nervous <laughs> about those things, but yeah, luckily uh, it worked out. Last question. Yeah, what are you gonna wear to the Tonys? Oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> I told you I was gonna ask. Um, are you guys all getting excited for the prospect of Tony season? Yeah, I mean, you know, it is. I think I think the show's gonna do really well, mm-hmm. and I hope we all do well with it. And I hope, you know, I I. But I think the biggest thing has already happened for us. For those of us, I mean, we've been with this show for so long that it just feels right. We've always known that this was a really special show, and you know what we couldn't have imagined is that the times in which we are now living mm-hmm. since November have made it all the more important. And um, so I think that's just the extra little. A chemical element, the the little bit of of fate that comes in with some of these ventures, because there are many many beautiful shows. But if the timing isn't right, it's not right. And mm-hmm. suddenly we found that we thought the timing was right before, and now it's even more right. And so that feels like the most important thing that's happening right now, beyond awards and accolades. You know, I'm really 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 happy that people are responding to the show the way they are. Thanks, Rachel Bay Jones. I love you. Thank you for having us here. (laughs) It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye. Can we try to have an optimistic outlook? Huh? Can we buck up just enough to see the world won't fall apart? Maybe this year. Theater People is a product of Theater Podcast Productions and is produced by Mike Jensen and me, Patrick Hines. I edited this episode. 
Special thanks to our sponsors, Stage Door Manor, where they are currently accepting applications for their summer theater programs. You can check them out at stagedoormanor.com and contemporarymusicaltheater.com. Want to buy great new songs and help writers get paid for their work? Join contemporarymusicaltheater.com, the only site that gives writers 100% of the profit. Use the code TPPL for 10% off an annual subscription. Special thanks to our Patreon associate producers, Robbie Roselle, Cynthia Wallach, and Ty Williams. And to our loves, Steve Tipton, Bradley Bean, Ricky Condos, Ellen Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back next week with everyone's favorite Broadway screltress, Shoshana Bean. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. It's your senior year, Connor. You are not missing the first day. I already said I'd go tomorrow. He doesn't listen. Look at him. He's probably high. He's definitely high. I don't want you going to school high, Connor. Perfect. So then I won't go. Thanks, Mom. Another masterful attempt ends with disaster. Interstate's already jammed. Or another 